Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. We provide support information and resources to individuals who are currently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease as well as their family members. I have, I must tell you all, a very exciting guest today who's done some remarkable work that will potentially revolutionize and transform the quality of your life. My guest is Dr. David Purcelli, world-renowned, and let me ask you to hold on to your seats here, traumatologist. Now, that was what the media has referred to him, and I loved that word. He's a Ph.D. and an international expert in the areas of trauma intervention and conflict resolution. Dr. Berselli is the creator of Tension and Trauma-Releasing Exercises, otherwise known as TRE. His technique is designed and created to help release the deep tension that is created in the body during a traumatic experience or through chronic stress. I know that my listeners are going to be fascinated to learn more about this particular approach for being able to reduce stress, which, of course, is directly related to the symptoms that are experienced associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Dr. Berselli, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being a guest on the radio show today. Oh, thanks, Robert. It's great to be here with you. Tell us all about yourself. Okay, well, I won't tell you all about myself, but I'll try to tell you some pertinent things I think that would be useful. Um, Basically, for much of my adult life, I lived outside of the United States, and I lived in many countries in the Middle East and Africa. I was working with a nonprofit organization there. And so that sort of um, colored my whole life and my whole worldview. And much of what I discovered was that truly large, pop, large part of the population of the world lives under severe stress, chronic tension, traumatizing events, etc. That includes people in the United States as well. Everything from car accidents to you know sudden deaths in the family, and even somebody being diagnosed with Parkinson's, etc. Those can be traumatizing experiences both for the person who's diagnosed and for the family as well. So having had those experiences in my life, it sort of colored the way I looked at the world and looked at human beings. And I began to wonder at sort of a deeper level, do humans, are we comfortable with, are we familiar with, do we know about trauma genetically encoded in our bodies? Because we survive and people get through life and, People live happy lives even though they've had severe stress or trauma. So that's sort of what I looked at. And I looked at it from a personal perspective because I certainly had a lot of my own traumas in life. And, you know, childhood, typical childhood traumas too where you grow up in dysfunctional family households and all that stuff. So what I realized is that somehow we all make it through it. We grow, we learn, we, we fall back down, we grow and learn again. It just doesn't happen at two years old. I think it happens through our whole life. So my whole life has been colored by my international experiences and my experiences of being around large populations who experience stress or trauma. 
And so as a result of that, it colored the way I see the body, the human body, the way I see our social interactions, etc. And so then all my degrees, I had a degree in theology because I wanted to understand spirituality. And I got a degree in clinical social work because I wanted to understand psychology. I got licensed as a massage therapist because I wanted to understand the body. Then I worked in the field of neurology for several years. I wanted to study that. I was just trying to put together all the pieces and parts of the human person and how do they all work together. Um, and then when, they, when we do have difficulties with them, what's the possibilities that could be available to us to actually resolve these uh, complex um, uh, experiences in our bodies and in our lives that are not so harmonious. So that's sort of it. I come from a, children, a family of five children. My mother and father were, were second-generation immigrants in the United States from an Italian background, and I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which was a steel mill and the coal, coal mining capital of the country at the time. And so I grew up in a regular general you know, household, that sort of thing, with the typical problems that we had 50 years ago, because I'm 63 now. And uh, so I just came from a, a wonderfully common background and family, but had remarkable life experiences from living around the world. And so that sort of, it both colored me to be grounded in a, in a common, easy kind of way with, with families and understand typical family dynamics. And it also gave me some great insight, and, and I'm very fortunate for it, insight that many people don't get if they don't have the fortunate opportunity to travel and experience living in different cultures and countries the way I did. What a fascinating life you have led. The most frequent question that I get from listeners, from callers, from people who email me is all about tremors. Of course, most of the listeners of this particular show have seen a neurologist and received a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease or essential tremor or some kind of similar diagnosis. And the neurologist typically views tremors as pathological but having reviewed your website and studied your work and looked at your videos, you don't view tremors as pathological. How come? It's kind of interesting that I also saw tremors all over the world, but I saw them in unusual settings. And I'll, I'll relate it to Parkinson's disease in a minute. When I was living in war, as an example, I lived in some war-torn countries, after there would be a bombing or a shooting or some terrifying or difficult situation, a lot of the population would, would tremor, and they would tremor out of fear. We already know that. It's sort of natural. And people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I was so nervous my hands were shaking or I was so frightened my knees were shaking and that sort of thing. But I discovered every human being does that all over the world. But then what I also recognize is that we don't do it just for negative events like that. When my brother was getting married, and he was very excited and happy about being, getting married, he said to me before he walked out onto the altar, he said, David, go get me a shot of whiskey. And it was so confusing because <laughs> he doesn't drink. And I said, why do you need whiskey? He said, my legs are shaking so bad, I don't want people to think I don't want to marry her. And so this was an interesting thing. It was a very positive event. He was just nervous, but it wasn't nervousness from 
some sort of traumatic experience. And I realized, even if you listen to TV or listen to the radio, when somebody says they won lottery, as an example, it's a perfect one. Oh, as soon as I found out I won lotto, I started shaking so bad I had to sit down. So I thought, wow, shaking occurs naturally in the human body all over the world. Everybody does it. I've lived in several seven countries, lived in them, and I've traveled to over 35 countries. And in every single country, the human body, all the people, despite their cultural training, uh, despite their language or anything social, even their socialization process, tremors are deeper than that. They seem to be part of the natural neurophysiology of the human body. So I got really interested in the tremor mechanism because I thought, if the body tremors so naturally in every human being around the world, it must have some potential value for us. And what I've discovered through a lot of uh, discussion with a lot of um, neurologists and physiologists is that the human body tremors when the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, simply gets overstimulated. So it gets overstimulated either from positive events or negative events. So once it's overstimulated, it actually tremors itself, but the tremor mechanism isn't part of the pathology of the overstimulation. It's the resolution of the overstimulation, meaning the body tremors as a way to try to calm down its own autonomic nervous system. And so once I discovered that cycle, I realized that the tremor mechanism is not part of the pathology of the problem, it's actually the resolution of the body's attempt to bring a resolution to the problem, which is simple overstimulation, okay? So, and so then I developed what I call tension and trauma-releasing exercises, which is a series of exercises that artificially stimulates this tremor mechanism in a safe environment, in your living room, as an example, you can do it. And when people experience it and they activate the tremor mechanism in a comfortable place, it actually completes the process of the high arousal of the autonomic nervous system and calms them back down. I do this a lot with soldiers. It does the same thing. They come back from Iraq and Afghanistan. Their nervous system is highly overcharged. I take them through a couple sessions of just activating the, their natural tremor mechanism, and then they end up sleeping and calming down their nervous system. Now, here's where it connects to your audience. I've had many people come into my workshops with Parkinson's disease or um, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, all of these diseases, even essential tremors, which is not a disease, but it's a disorder, nervous disorder. I've had them come to my workshop. And the consistent result, although it varies, but the consistent result is if they do these tremors from this exercise routine, they'll tell me two things. These tremors I just activated through your routine are not my Parkinson's tremors or not my tremors from MS or my tremors. These are not essential tremors. Somehow they can tell the difference within their own body. This is not the tremor I'm used to. This is something different. Well, that's an interesting distinction that they can make that somehow is actually distinguishing the autonomic nervous system's healthy response and the potential diseased or dysfunctional response of the autonomic nervous system. And the other thing they report rather consistently is when I activate your tremors from these exercises, my Parkinson's tremors reduce. 
or my tremors from multiple sclerosis, or my essential tremors reduced. I actually sent you two video links yesterday. It was a little bit late, I think. But I have two videos on YouTube that your readers or your listeners can link to. And one is a guy giving a testimony who has Parkinson's disease and says, when I do TRE, my Parkinson's tremors reduce. And the other one is from a medical doctor. She was simply teaching her husband how to do TRE. He was diagnosed with essential tremors. And he was very clear. When I do TRE, my essential tremors reduce. Now, I have no uh, research to explain why this is happening. But there is a consistency in the reports of people that somehow this tremor mechanism is different and it reduces the tremors that they have from their, their uh, diagnosis. I did have an opportunity to put the uh, links, all but one, up on the radio show page. So for those of you who are listening or are listening to the recording, you can find these links that are uh, programmed here on the radio show page. There's also an excellent presentation by Dr. Berselli on YouTube about the potential therapeutic value of tremors. Now, one of yeah, the, that video, the potential therapeutic values of tremors, that's what I covered in my most recent book. I, I sent you, I think, the links to the new book that I just published. The book is actually not about TRE, tension and trauma-releasing exercises. It is about the tremor mechanism. And the whole first section of the book is the neurology of the tremor mechanism, written by several psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, and uh, neurophysiologists. And I had them try to explain what they think may be happening in these artificially induced tremors through this exercise routine. And then in the next section of the book, we talk about the physiology of it and what have been the results that people have seen. Even people with MS, surprisingly enough, have seen greater flexibility in areas of their body that they weren't able to, to move so easily prior to doing these exercises. Now, I don't know why the body is responding this way, but the evidence of their feedback is suggesting somehow this artificial stimulation of the tremor mechanism is having positive effects on, their, on the diseased body or the dysfunctional body of the nervous system. A link to Dr. Purcelli's new book that was just released last month is also on the radio show page, and I must say that I love the name. It's entitled Shake It Off Naturally. So you can click on that, and you'll see the book listed there on Amazon where you can acquire it. That ought to be a must-purchase for anyone and everyone who currently experiences tremors. People To go I back to your point, Robert, I just want to say the reason I wrote the new book is because I am trying to reframe or re-reference that there may be potential therapeutic value in the human body because we all tremor, and now with this exercise technique, we can actually activate it artificially and see positive results from it. So I'm trying to reframe tremoring or body shaking, that there may be a type of body shaking that's positive rather than all the research and literature that you review now always talks about the tremor mechanism as some type of dysfunction. I think there's a really healthy function in the tremor mechanism as well. 
I personally think your work is revolutionary and truly exciting for anyone who currently experiences tremors myself, Dr. Berselli. Oh, cool. That's interesting. And what are your tremors from, if you don't mind saying? No, I don't I don't experience Parkinson's symptoms, so uh-huh. uh, I'm just the person who does all the research and talk with people right. uh, every week uh, on the phone or through emails who have questions mm-hmm. about tremors and lots of other Parkinson's symptoms. One of the questions that I frequently get is, People tell me, oh, I have such fluctuation in the severity of my tremor. Sometimes they get so much worse. And so the question is, well, what in the world should I do when they get so much worse? What would be your answer to them? You know, it's kind of interesting, and I always want to reference to everybody who's listening to me right now, I don't have research to substantiate this. I only have experiences but I've noticed that the further along the illness is, and let's just use Parkinson's that our that's our audience, the, um, the more advanced the stage is, the more difficult it seems to be to bring some relief to some of these fluctuations um, that they experience in intensity of, you know, tremors or intensity of contractions and that type of thing. But I discovered that earlier on they are, the better effect that activating this autonomic nervous system of shaking seems to have, meaning they can reduce the highs and lows and more and even out a little bit better their sensations in their bodies um, from the Parkinson's um, uh, effects. But... I don't know more than that, honestly, because Parkinson's research isn't my field. I know by this point, many listeners are going to be fascinated to know more about the specific TRE technique. Can you explain some about what's involved with that? Yeah. When I developed this technique, I realized, first, I was working with trauma people in general. That was my specific audience. And so I was asking myself, what happens to traumatized people? Their bodies are tight, they're contracted, they're usually rigid and stiff, and many of them probably have physical injuries, back problems or knee problems, whatever. So I tried to develop a a series of exercises, and they start from working from the feet up to the, the hips. That's it. And it's about mildly stretching and stressing the muscles, meaning if you think of your muscles contracted, we need to stretch them a little bit and mildly stress them to fatigue them, and you will automatically begin to tremor. So it's a series of seven exercises, which you could follow from the book or buy a DVD, and you can follow it from that. But it takes you through the process of stretching your muscles gently, stressing them gently, and then the last one you lay on the floor. And through the process of the stretching and stressing, the autonomic nervous system starts to actually shake or vibrate the muscles. But that's because the tight contraction has been taken out. Dresser in the body, and that's what the tremor mechanism is responding to. It's basically saying, oh, great, now that the body's not so tight, I can begin to shake so that I can reduce the contracted state of my muscles and my nervous system. But when it's held so tightly contracted, it can't produce that response. And you, any of 
what would know this when you're afraid and you're out in public as an example and you see that you're you might start to shake just from fear the natural tendency is to stiffen and rigidify the body as a way to stop the shaking so in traumatized people they're already rigid and stiff so i produce i introduce flexibility and then the body starts to shake automatically so it's really just a simple seven series of exercises and I designed them to be simple enough so that anybody from seven years old up to 97 years old can do them with a fair amount of ease. The pictures that uh, individuals see on the radio show page typically show mostly uh, men, women in your workshops who are lying down on uh, pads Mm -hmm. and uh, doing the intentional shaking. So, by your explanation, there is a preliminary set of stretching exercises that occur before this, the uh, individuals actually lie down and induce the shaking. Do I understand that correctly? If that's correct, and that's for the general population. But honestly, when I work with people who might have Parkinson's or multiple sclerosis or other serious injuries like uh, rods in their spine or something like that, and they can't do the preliminary exercises, I can get them to do just the last exercise, even laying in bed if they need to do that because a lot of people need soft cushions. They couldn't lay on a yoga mat on the floor, etc. They can actually just do the last exercise and they can still activate the tremor mechanism. But with the general populations that I teach, I'm really just getting them into their bodies and getting them to stretch so they kind of calm down a bit because these are usually traumatized populations I'm working with. So I get them to sort of feel their body and move around and exercise a little bit as a group. But when I'm working with people with Parkinson's or MS or other types, people have had mild strokes, as an example, I'll just have them do the last exercise. I see. When I was an officer candidate in the uh, officer candidate training school in Newport, Rhode Island, we did a lot of physical exercises. One of them was we had to put our backs against a wall and sit as if we were sitting in a chair, but of course there was no chair. And the whole right. exercise was, well, who's going to be the first to drop? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and then there was a yeah. first to drop and a last to drop. You know, my only goal was, well, I wasn't by George going to be the first to drop. <laughs> so right, you know, right. by hell or high water, I stood there right there and holding it as long as I could. What I noticed was that the legs began to shake furiously, uh, especially towards right. the end. Now, that's a pretty strenuous exercise, but is that the kind of thing you're talking about as a preliminary? Yeah, that's pretty close. So just think of this. They did that to fatigue the leg, but they did it to the severe degree so that you would end up collapsing. The same thing would happen, that shaking in your legs when you're doing the wall sit exercise. If you were bench pressing weights, as an example, and you were pushing up a weight that was too hard, with your arms, your arms would start to shake in the same way. It's the indicator for the muscle saying, all right, that's enough. I can't handle more than this. And then it starts to shake as a way of sort of releasing that. It's over-contracted. Now, I do the same thing, but and this is funny because I work with soldiers a lot. They hate the wall sit exercise, and I understand it because you were forced to do it until you collapsed and, and <laughs> into pain. <laughs> I do the wall sit exercise only mildly because as soon as the tremor mechanism starts, because that's what I'm looking for is the tremor mechanism. I'm not looking to induce a collapse. 
I'm actually looking for the opposite, just to induce the tremor mechanism. And once that happens on the wall, which can happen after about five minutes, they can get off the wall then, because now the tremor is activated, and that's what I'm working with. I don't want them collapsing, because that has no value for this technique. But yes, that's a perfect example of it, and great imagery for it, too. Now, in terms of what a person can do right now to take action, it sounds like you've got a DVD and a book. Now, how would a person acquire those? Well, the book you can buy, you have that on your – they can actually go to my website, uh, traumaprevention.com, and they can buy all the products there. But what I would tell these listeners right now is – if they're really interested in the tremor mechanism, just to buy the new book. They don't need to buy the other things. And wait about one more month because I'm publishing a new DVD to go with the new book. And it's much more thorough. So they could buy the book. It has pictures in the back on how to do the tremor mechanism. But only buy the book if they want to learn more thoroughly about the tremor mechanism. If they just want to learn how to do it, they can wait for the DVD to come out. And there's instructions in that. But the other thing is that I have a YouTube video, uh, YouTube uh, account, and if they went to that, it's David Berselli, I believe is what it is, but if they go to that, I have at least about 130 videos of people talking about their experiences with these tremors, everything from relieving lower back pain to soldiers being able to sleep better at night. So they can actually inform themselves for free so they could feel a little bit comfortable and more familiar with how various populations take up the same exercise routine and have specifically different results according to whatever their um, body problem is. And so I like people to learn more from free since we have the internet to do that. Then if they want to learn more thoroughly, they could go to my website, traumaprevention.com and order more materials from there. I want to underscore Dr. Berselli's comment that there are a lot of YouTube videos. Not only are there a lot of videos, but they are very informative and very instructional. I want to spell his last name if you want to do a search on YouTube to be sure that you can capture all of the many that are available to watch. His last name is spelled B-E-R-C-E-L-Y. And, of course, you can also L-I-L-I. And, of course, you can also uh, search on T-R-E or Tension and Trauma Releasing Exercises, and you'll be able to see a big, long, wonderful, delicious list of videos that are available to actually watch. Well, the other follow-up question I've got is for people who are listening right now, they don't have the DVD, they don't have the book, perhaps they're eager to get started, they don't even want to stop to watch a YouTube video, <laughs> they want to do it right now while we're airing the show. What would right, you suggest right. a person can do right now? I mean, they're people who are, they're action people, you know, they don't want to study, they want to do it. What would you say that they could do right, right now? <laughs> the only thing I could tell them is the last exercise because they could actually do it while they're still listening to us talk and see if they begin to have a result. But I, I always have a caution about that because if they activate this tremor mechanism and they're doing it for the purpose of Parkinson's relief or something like that, but a trauma comes out in their body or they have an emotional release, then I don't want them to feel as though I've misled them 
And so I have a little bit of a caution, and that's why I like them to buy the book or watch a video, because in that I, I explain to them, okay, great, you're going to tremor, but you never know that a trauma from early childhood might release from your body, or your divorce, which was very painful and difficult. You might start to cry from it. So I want people to be very aware that they have to proceed with caution because I don't know their history or their background. And all those cautions are already in the book and in the DVD to educate them before they do the exercises. You offer workshops truly all over the world, and there are images here on the radio show page of doing workshops in many different countries. Are there any workshops that you are offering here in the next few months that people need to know about? Actually, they'd have to go onto my website because there are um, workshops being given around the world um, that are on TRE, not just by me, because I'm actually trying to reduce the number of workshops I give. But all over the country, if they got on my website, they would see a calendar, where's the next workshop, who's giving it, etc. And these are all certified and trained people. But for people who can't get out and can't do workshops like that, because there's a large population, I developed a webinar site, which they can go to and actually get, get a free introduction. And the webinar site is tre-webinar.com. It's me mostly giving my lectures around the world. I just put them all on one webinar site. We guide a person through the whole thing about the tremors. Uh, We educate them on it. We give them different materials that they can download from it. Um, And then we teach them how to do the exercises. We have all the cautions listed. So it's really like a nurturing website that says, okay, we're going to teach you how to do this, and we're going to take care of you in the process. If you'd like to call in and ask Dr. Purcelli a question, uh, feel free to call in the following guest call-in number, 347-945-5358, or the toll-free number, 877-590-0733. You just push the number one on your dial pad. That'll indicate to me that you'd like to be able to talk with him directly and ask him a question or share an experience. If a person wants to work specifically with a practitioner, is there one-on-one consultations available with your certified practitioners? Oh, yeah, they're one-on-one all over the world. And what we've also done is we initiated Skype sessions, which we can do quite easily, actually, because a lot of people, particularly if they might have Parkinson's, they're reticent to go out too much or whatever, we can do it right in their living room with them if they have Skype availability. And they're remarkably as successful as attending a live workshop. And uh, almost every TRE trainer can do that in the United States. Um, Globally, it's a little bit more complicated because Skype is a little bit more sketchy sometimes. But, yeah, definitely they should go to the website, look for somebody. And if they're doing it by Skype, it doesn't even have to be in their local area. Really, just look for somebody they feel comfortable with. Because some people might want to work with a psychotherapist who's trained in TRE, and others might want to work with a body therapist who's trained in TRE. And so they could pick and choose who they'd feel most comfortable with. And there's a list of TRE practitioners on your website? Yeah, if they go there, it says uh, find a practitioner, and then they click on it. Now it looks a little complicated, but all they have to do is type in the name of their state as an example. 
or they could type in just the type of practitioner they want a body worker they don't have to fill in every slot that's in there because we have you know people look it up through different ways through their state or through the type of person they want some people look up through names whether it's a man or a woman they just have to fill in one category and they'll be able to and pull up a whole list of people who are certified to teach this. Well, this is fascinating work, and there are clearly many people who've been very impressed with the results that you've been able to get by this wonderful approach. If a person starts to do what it is that you recommend to do, is there a certain frequency that you would recommend every other day, every week? three times a day, uh, especially people who experience Parkinson's symptoms, or does it depend? Yeah, it, it does depend, but I can give a general guideline. When people first start, I tell them to tremor between 5 and 15 minutes for the first time because if they have some, some illness like Parkinson's, or let's say they have chronic fatigue, as, a matter, as an example, tremoring for five minutes could be really tiring for the body. See, others could not be so far advanced in Parkinson's, and they could be strong people, too, used to exercises. And so tremoring for 15 minutes feels wonderful. So then I tell them, do it every other day. So if they give themselves a day off, and they can check themselves that day. Are they having residual results from the day before when they tremored? And then they could see, I feel better or I feel worse, or I feel fatigued or I feel more energized. And then that helps guide them the following day then, okay, I could do it more than 15 minutes because I felt great from it, but I wouldn't say do it more than 20 minutes. So they can start from very small in terms of five minutes and build up to half an hour, as an example, depending on how their body is receiving the response from shaking. And that's what varies a lot. Um, and so you could feel great. Let's say you did it today for 15 minutes. You say, oh, I feel wonderful. I slept great last night. I feel good. Tomorrow you say you feel good. Then I say the next day do it for 20 minutes. But you could do that for like two weeks. And then you hit a tension pattern in your body that's a deeper, more chronic one, and then you start to feel fatigued after just 10 minutes. And then I say, well, then just slow it down. So the trick is really to follow their body. The general guideline is anywhere from 5 minutes to 15 minutes to begin with, which could be extended up to 30 minutes. I'm guessing that there are probably people who actually do this, uh, maybe one or several times, and all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, my goodness, I think this is making me worse. What would you say to somebody who would make that kind of comment? Yeah, well, I get that um, not too often, but I do get it fairly enough. And here's what I believe is happening. It's sort of like psychotherapy. When you go into psychotherapy and you start telling the, the clinician your problem, you may feel worse because you're now bringing in all the problem up and you're bringing up all the emotions. And you go home saying, God, I feel worse than when I went to the therapist. Well, that unfortunately is the natural progression of recovery. So recovery is never just an incline straight up. So I'm going to explain it in body terms for, for this audience. Think of it this way. We all have chronic tension patterns in our body, and not just from Parkinson's, just from general life. So the tremor mechanism, let's say you activate it today, and it starts to release your tension, and you say, oh, my God, that just feels wonderful. 
I'm relaxing, I can breathe easier, I slept great last night. So you do that for three or four times, and every time you have the same result. You feel wonderful. But then you start to feel worse as a result of it. And usually what that is, is it's the indicator of your body using the tremor mechanism to find the next chronic tension pattern that's stuck in your body. But as it moves towards, if you will, or tries to access that tension pattern, you'll begin to feel worse, meaning you'll feel the tension that's still held in your body. The tremor mechanism does not create tension patterns. It releases them. But as it's accessing them, you could say, oh, there's that lower back pain. I haven't felt that in five years. Why am I feeling it now? Well, that's because it's still in the structure of the body. You just haven't felt it for five years. doesn't mean it was healed. So it accesses it. But then when it releases that, you'll go again through the next cycle where you say, wow, now I feel a lot better again. So it's going to be cyclical all the time. The healing process is always cyclical. It's never just a trajectory upward. You're going to have to go through cycles of feeling better or feeling worse. But I always tell people just slow down, be persistent, be patient. On the other side of feeling worse is the, the second part of the cycle where you feel better again. I receive a barrage of questions every week from people asking about very expensive therapies. We're talking seventeen, eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars a year for one therapy or another. And of course, the question is, well, what do you think will this help? Now, and I look at the images of your workshops, I see that people are lying down. Looks like on probably yoga mats. Is there anything that a person is required to purchase in order to be able to make this happen? Do they have to buy equipment or any kind of devices that uh, make all this happen? Or is it basically just a question of lying down on a comfortable yoga mat on the floor? <laughs> it's kind of funny. People really criticize me. I'm not a very good capitalist, and I don't know how to make money <laughs> well. But here's my, here's my deal. Most of my life was lived in developing countries with very, very poor people. And as a, somebody who was working as a clinical social worker for a nonprofit organization that was trying to help people, I thought, what can I do for a mother who has absolutely nothing? And she's got just maybe an eighth grade education at the most. She's got four children. How can I help this mother both help herself heal and help her children heal? So it was like, take away everything because this mother has nothing to buy. So I stripped everything down to you need nothing. You don't need a yoga mat if you've got a carpet on your floor. You can lay down on your bed and do it. The, mo the only thing I ask people to do is either to buy a book or a DVD because I have the fuller instruction process there, which I think is educational and then makes them feel safer to understand how to do the process. But after that, and many people never even call me up. They never have a private session. They'll send me an email and just say, I bought your book, or I bought your DVD. I did the exercises myself. I love them. They worked for me. So you really don't need anybody because it truly is about using your own body. The only time, honestly, you need me or other people is if you start to feel there's a problem or you don't understand it or you don't feel safe. But I really try to strip it all down to say, wait, people that we're working with who are traumatized, which is the majority of the population in the world, people under stress, they need to have 
access to something that could potentially help them without needing to purchase a lot of things because they're mostly the disenfranchised populations, you know, the poor or the underprivileged. And so they have a right to some type of technique that they have access to without expensive therapy. So in summary, when a person is doing this, they are in control of their own healing, not someone else. Exactly right. I want them to develop a relationship with the tremor mechanism, even when they work with me. I don't want them to develop the relationship with me as a therapist. I don't even see clients long term. I see them two or three times over about a three-month period, and they have to do these exercises at home by themselves between my sessions because I'm trying to get them to build confidence and feel safe in their own body because that's truly what's going to heal their neurophysiology, not me. I hold a safe space while they self-explore. And they can self-explore a lot at home. And if they can hold their own safe space for themselves, then they don't need anything more than that. Have you had an opportunity to sponsor any research studies that have examined the impact of TRE for various populations? We have completed one research project that was actually published, um, and that uh, that was done in South Africa, which I loved it. It was done at a a large center where they had children who were either abused or they were orphaned, and they had these different houses. I think there were 10 houses. They had house mothers. And they took care of 10 children each in these different houses. So we taught the house mothers how to teach TRE to their 10 children in their own little homes. And then we researched what was the result of the children after um, 10 week period. And so that was a wonderful research project. It was published. And so that was done in a psychosocial context. We have another research project, which we just got um, a grant for from the Department of Defense and that's a $500,000 two-year research project um, where we'll be researching veterans who are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder to see if this intervention helps reduce their post-trauma symptoms. And then we have a number of other research projects in the pipeline. I'm truly a researcher at heart. I love research. But getting research done and getting you know, the statistical analysis and, and data all takes a little bit of time. But it is growing because myself and the other TRE population around the world, we're very interested in gathering data to substantiate at least the experiential results that we're, we're seeing around the world. So, yes, uh, research is on our minds, but it's still in, in the pipeline. I can assert with considerable confidence that what's going to happen is people will begin to use your approach, your TRE approach, and they'll find amazing results. And what they are going to want to do is to become a certified TRE practitioner. What's involved with that? Um, To be certified, it's a little bit different all over the world because we have different certification programs in different countries, and that's according to how big the country is how wealthy is the population, those things. But here in the United States, you have to be certified, you have to t- attend two three-day trainings. And the reason for that is in the three-day training, although we give you the, the um, 
technical and therapeutic understanding of what's going on, so the clinical aspect of it, you have to do the exercises twice a day for three days. So the person who's doing the training gets to watch your body, help you understand what's going on inside of you, and you share that collectively as a group so you understand what it feels like in your own body to activate the tremor mechanism. What is it doing to you? What is it sort of releasing, and, and how is it working in your body? And then share that together. So they do that for three days. Then they go away and have to be away for three months where they continue to tremor and they continue to stay in touch with the other trainees in the group. And they have to do a certain number of hours of, of um, helping each other. So they'll usually work over Skype if they live long distances. But one of them will tremor while the other observes. So they just get practice. Then they all come back together after those number of hours of practice. They do the second three-day training because now they can go at a deeper level, their questions are deeper, they understand the experience better, and then we teach them how to work with groups in the second part as well. And then they have to do an additional a number of hours, I don't remember how many it is because I'm not involved in the certification process specifically, and then they're certified. So it's two three-day trainings with a number of supervision hours in between those. But that's listed in detail on my website. And this would be clarified for various countries because the audience of this program is certainly global. People listen from China, Japan, France, Great Britain, et cetera, et cetera. So if they went to the exactly. TRE website, they would see, okay, I live in Great Britain. This would be the procedure to be certified since I'm in Great Britain. Do I understand that correctly? That's correct. If they go to my website, they'll find the link to the Great Britain TRE website. And on their website, they will find who are the TRE instructors, what's their protocol, when are they giving trainings, etc. So my website will have links to all the other websites. And on their website, you would find out what their training protocols are. Now, it's clear there are many, many people who are certified to do this, and you are the father, the creator of this. But if people are desperate to get in touch directly with you, how do they go about doing that? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> that's a little <laughs> bit of a problem because I travel a great deal, and I receive lots of emails and phone calls, which I have difficulty following up with. So if they have a question... Rather than asking me directly, I prefer that they write to uh, uh, Marina Radovic, and she's the right-hand woman who takes care of all of TRE while I'm running around the world. And if it's a personal issue, she will then forward this to me because she can often answer a lot of the questions, general questions, so that I don't get so much email. And, but I then will respond to the more personal ones. So it's better that they go to the website and click on the Contact Us page because Marina and I are very, very close. She knows exactly what needs to come to me and exactly what she can answer. Or it may not even be best to send it to me because if it's a question about neurology, we have several neurologists trained in TRE and she would know how to send it to them instead so that we can provide the best response to the person who's um, uh, seeking advice. Now, over the years, you have had experience in working with persons who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. 
and there are listeners to this program right now who have just been diagnosed, what would you want to say to a listener who's just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in light of your experience? Well, I think that's the most um, possible value for the tremor mechanism that I've seen. If they're recently diagnosed, and it's not in advanced stages, I have found many people, and this is people even with essential tremors as well, that if they did TRE, they were somehow able to reduce their Parkinson's tremors, or let's say their Parkinson's tremors reduced. So if we were to apply this in a, in a research project, we would be researching, is this having some potential therapeutic value in slowing down the progression of the Parkinson's illness? I don't know that, so I can't make that claim, but that would be a reasonable hypothesis from the experiences I've had. And so I'd say it's not going to harm them to do this. I'm absolutely certain of that because we've never had anybody harmed by it. Um, and so they, they have the possibility of potentially finding value in doing this. Um, and I know it won't harm them. If anything, it, the only thing it's going to do is at least reduce their stress levels, which increase with that diagnosis. So at least they'll reduce some of their stress. And then specifically a person who has experienced Parkinson's symptoms for, let's say, 20 years and is at a pretty advanced mm -hmm. stage, what would you want to say to them? Um, what I would say to them is give it a try because they're already so familiar with tremoring, and they've, although they may not still like it, they've become comfortable enough to know, all right, this is my life, this is what happens, and they could try it. And I still say I think they just need to do the last exercise. And if they're advanced stages, they may just do it laying down in bed um, and activate the tremor mechanism. They will know that this tremor mechanism is not their Parkinson's. And then over maybe, let's say, two or three weeks of doing it, they should be able to see if it has any p potential value for them of helping simply become more relaxed. Certainly the caregivers, I would encourage them to do it because it's, it's very taxing and stressful on the caregiver um, with someone who has Parkinson's uh, uh, disease. Um, and so they could actually see if it could reduce their own stress levels. Oh, that's a wonderful suggestion. Could you please state once again the actual website address of yours very slowly so for people who are not looking at the mm -hmm. radio show page, they'll be able to write it down? Okay, so it's www.traumaprevention, that's T-R-A-U-M-A-P-R-E-V-E-N-T-I-O-N.com. Now, that's the website. The other one, which is the webinar site for those who might be homebound and can't get out much and would like to learn this technique on the internet, that, that site is www.tre-webinar.com. We've covered a lot of valuable ground during the show today. What question have I not asked Dr. Berselli that I need to ask you? Well, I think the uh, sort of the, the ground uh, question, the, the most basic question is, and this is for your audience as well, 
that this technique is not just for um, a potential help with Parkinson's disease or traumatic events. It seems to be a natural mechanism in the human body to help regulate stress levels in the person. So when their stress levels go up and they activate the tremor mechanism, their stress levels uh, go back down again. So it seems to allow people to live life at a more even or more balanced um, level of stress. And so it's really for the general population. Um, and so I think all of the people that would be listening to your radio show would have higher than normal increased levels of stress simply because they either know somebody with Parkinson's or they're one of the caregivers or even the family itself might have higher levels of stress. And we have many families who do this as a family unit. The mother usually learns it first and teaches it to her kids and they find it helpful. And so then the husband joins in. And so we do have families, whole families that do this together. And what I love about it is it builds a whole new paradigm with which, <coughs> excuse me, to talk to one another. Because you lay on the floor, the whole family's shaking, the kids laugh about it, the parents <laughs> joke about it. And then they sit up and they say, what was it like for you? And you have the kids, well, I tremored in my hips or it went into my shoulders and it made me feel this or that. And then it gives a whole new paradigm and a new reference of which help the family begin to communicate at a very deep level in terms of developing relationship around we all experience stress because school children, we all know that, certainly teenagers have high levels of stress as well. So I think the, the bottom line and my final point is this is a natural mechanism in the human body. It appears to have potential therapeutic value to restore a state of calmness and relaxation from levels of high stress or everyday stress. So I think it's for the entire population and certainly for your entire audience. That's such an eloquent explanation of why it would make good sense to make this a family activity on a regular basis. Many people really? are sure, yeah. It, yeah. Obviously, it's going to make a big difference to everyone. I, it's and a I know very what harmless, effective, and easy therapeutic intervention for stressed families, and they don't have to use the word therapy. Oh, right, exactly right. It's just a fun activity for everyone. Exactly right. Wow. Well, uh, I do know that of the really hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that I've interviewed over the last decade, there's one common report from everyone. I have no one who has any exceptions, and that report is, when I'm stressed, my symptoms get so much worse. And when I'm not stressed, you know, I really don't even notice what's going on much. So I know what you've just commented on will have a compelling impact on many people because what they really do know is when they get stressed under control, symptoms are really not very problematic at all. Right. It's kind of interesting when you say that research has demonstrated stress is the number one killer because that's the primary activator of the nervous system. When the nervous system is over-regulated like that, highly active, well, that causes all the secondary and tertiary medical problems that people have. But stress was the primary one. So doctors are always saying, reduce your levels of stress or else you have to take these meds for the secondary 
problems that you're having. And that's what I discovered. This tremor mechanism, I believe, if I could say anything truly honestly and sincerely to your audience, it's reducing the stress levels in the body. The miracles that people talk about, how it helps them with this or it helps them with that, I think are all the secondary and tertiary um, illnesses and problems they're having. But we're addressing the primary problem of stress. So what I think it's doing is reducing stress and then allowing the secondary and tertiary problems to actually resolve themselves. As a reminder, Dr. Purcelli has just released over the last month a new and wonderful book titled Shake It Off Naturally, which is available. And there is a new DVD coming out here in the next month. And when I get a link to that, when it's actually out and available, I'll be sure to put that out in the blog so that you'll be able to also get that as well. Well, I want to, Dr. Borselli, thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out to be on the show today. I know we've talked here over the last, it seems like, year of your being able to take time out. And you're, you are, and I want everybody listening to know he travels all over the world. He's a hard man to touch base with. And I just want to say how much I appreciate your taking the time to be on the show today. And on behalf of the, of the thousands and thousands of listeners to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show over the world, I also want to thank you for taking the time to create this wonderful therapy that people who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease can actually use on their own, a therapy that, by George, doesn't even cost $18,000 a year. It's something they can do all by themselves. Yeah, well, Robert, thanks. I'm glad we could finally pull it together, too, with our schedules. It's been delightful. I appreciate you uh, inviting me onto your show. Well, thank you so much. It's wonderful. And I'm pretty sure I can say as a prediction that you're going to be seeing uh, some more and more people who have Parkinson's who are going to get interested in getting certified, and they'll be introducing this to other groups who have Parkinson's. I would love that. And in the end, I think you're going to be making a huge difference to this population. So thank you so much for all that you've done. And thank you. I appreciate it, Robert. Thanks for what you do, too. It's a great service to all these people. Well, you are most welcome, as is everyone else. It's a high honor and a privilege. And that's what's happening on, you guessed it, the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this Parkinson's Recovery radio program today, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. May your week be absolutely magnificent. This is Robert Rogers. Good day.